0: halo fam friend of the show Braden oltoff comes on and talk about his 2022 season and what he expects out of 2023 also i asked him about that fernando tatis jr tattoo his brother got and if his brother regrets getting that all that and much more coming up next
1: what's up halo fam halo joe here just wanted to thank each and every one of you for checking out this new episode Make sure to keep it tuned here to Halos in the Infields Baseball Network all season long as we drop content every day. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Also make sure to crack the like button and leave a comment. Make sure you also smash that bell icon to be notified every time we drop an episode or go live. Also check us out on our other platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. We can also be found on Apple Pod, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Don't forget to leave that five-star review. Thank you again, Halo fam. And with that, let's get this show on the road. The oh, Angels 2014.
0: The Angels, champions.
2: And first pitch crushing. Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield with your host, Todd Fox, and the other host of the show, Fernando, the Lone Star Halo. And who's our special guest coming from the state of Arizona today?
1: Braden Oltoff, uh, happy to be here, guys.
2: Mr. EC.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, El Camino, back in the day. Oh,
0: yeah. did, did you go out to Oceanside this offseason?
1: Yeah, I was able to go for a month, so I was training this off-season in New Orleans back at Tulane again, so that was definitely really nice of them. I was able to use all the facilities there, um, pretty much go in anytime. They always work with me really well. I'm able to go back to my old trainer, get some treatment done, stuff like that, so just makes it really nice, and then uh, I went home to San Diego for like a month, so that was nice. I love San Diego and California, but it's just kind of. Training at Tulane worked out best for me this off season, but next year um, I, I might be back in San Diego for a majority of the off season. Still, kind of figuring that out.
0: Have you since gone to one of those uh, Cajun cookouts? Last time I talked to you, hadn't done one yet.
1: Yeah, at a, a cra- like a crawfish boil. Yeah, like a
0: cra- what, they, what do they call them? T- crawdads? A, yeah, a yeah,
1: crawdad. crawfish, a crawfish broil where it's like. I th- I actually did one for the first time a few weeks ago, and okay, uh, I, th- I thought it was a little interesting. I mean, <laughs> people love it, but I don't know. That's just eating, eating like, I don't know, it's just a little interesting for me. I'll say that. I mean, I like crawfish like in certain foods like quesadillas or soups or stuff like that. But when okay. I was just kind of eating it before it's kind of prepared just raw from the animal is a little interesting.
2: it's definitely an acquired taste and it's definitely a finger foods uh you know you you get your hands dirty that's for sure but uh hey i know you're not missing socal right now because right now it's like probably the coldest i've felt like in 20 years you got snow all over the place i know you're a surfer but do you partake in snowboarding as well
1: never been into snowboarding i think that's mostly because of a baseball thing it's kind of like the season is in the winter, and I'm pretty sure it's actually it's definitely in my contract that I'm not allowed to do that. <laughs> but just even growing up, I just would hear, and I know a few baseball players who would go up just for a weekend or a week, and they'd break their wrists or something like that and then be out for baseball season. So never well, really teams. got into it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> not the <to> name names. <laughs> R- riding motorcycles in the Dominican. uh yeah probably <laughs> a couple so times that, yeah that probably was that definitely wasn't in his contract but you know
0: <laughs> speaking of Tatis you said your brother got the tattoo yes has that come up since everything with Tatis has come out like has that been kind of a thing like do, do you I
1: mean I I definitely say a lot of us were a little bit worried for him and definitely saying like I don't know, like I think he even thought about for a little bit like well, I need to get this removed or covered (laughs) up. But I think San Diego and everyone's like going to like just end up forgiving him. I know my brother's like excited for him to be back and he, he is such a huge part of baseball, but definitely, you know, he, he messed up. So he's got to own up to that. But I think uh, hopefully going forward, he has a good career and then uh, the tattoo will be pretty cool.
2: Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) He's like, should I turn it into palm trees or, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, it,
1: try to create another player on his face. Yeah, right.
0: Know. Is well, it like what, distinguishably Tatis Jr.? Like there's like no way around it? No, like
1: it's it's really uh, well detailed. Like it's very obvious.
0: Okay, fair
2: enough. <laughs> all right, all right. So you said, Braden, you went back to the south. You went to Tulane, got in there and, and did your workouts. What does your – your uh, workout regimen over the you know the uh, summer or not summer but the winter consists of
1: okay yeah so it's mostly I'd say especially the beginning Monday through Friday it's usually uh, like I would usually do legs on Monday arms Tuesday Wednesday I would kind of like to do some kind of yoga or stretching or stuff like that just to Mm kind of as a recovery day for the body because I mean I feel like it's best to just kind of move around and get some movement. And even if you're sore, that's kind of the best way to recover. Then I would do legs again Thursday and then arms again Friday. Usually take the weekends off from lifting, maybe go on a run or just do something like that um, in my free time. And then the throwing program, I'd say is was just kind of building up each week. Uh, started out as just Monday, Wednesday, Friday for like the first month or two, I'd say. And then after that, it picked up to more like four or five times a week. And then this past month, uh, I've been ramping up, uh, doing multiple bullpens a week. Uh, they actually had me on a Velo program this offseason. So I was throwing a lot of plyo balls, some different weights and stuff like that. I know that's kind of a bigger part of today's game. And it was definitely new for me, but I know like for me as a pitcher, like I'm a big command guy, but if I could just get a little more uh, – velocity that would go like a long way for me with what i already have going so i think it was definitely good and hopefully this season the velo is a little higher up
0: what were you uh what were you maxing out at last year i know originally you'd said that uh, your highest was what 94 96 you were in that
1: no nah, it was it was 94 in juco but i mostly okay. sat like 90 92 where like last year i was mostly like 88 90 so Definitely dropped down a little bit, but um, I think it was also like my first pro, se- like full pro season because uh, in the beginning of the year, I was in Washington and high A, and a lot of our games were like 30, 40, 50 degrees, and I was like 88, 90 then, and then kind of when I went up to double A and Rocket City towards the end of the year, my, my arm just kind of got tired. I think it was a couple things, kind of had some like bad posture, maybe some weight movements in the weight room and then just like throw in as much as we do so I think this offseason I did like a lot of strengthening for like my shoulder and forearm and stuff like that so I'm hoping like to like because I was still able to pitch every game I but I was obviously like pretty run down towards the end of last year so I think having a full like fresh year and kind of maintaining that getting used to as many games as we play will be big for me this year
2: and you kind of got thrown into the mix there at the end. I mean, we saw you celebrate obviously when the Trash Pandas clinched or whatever, but you, you know, you got into uh, some pretty good starts there and some high-pressure situations as they were winning a lot of ball games. The team was exciting. We heard a lot mm-hmm. of good things down there. You were you're controlling your pitches. I mean, what was the vibe in the locker room and and did you feel like you were fitting in and contributing as as best as you could? I know I know you said you were a little run down towards the end, but when you got up there were you pumped and amped to to get in there?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Rocket City is an incredible place to play. Uh brand new facilities, uh sold out crowd a lot or at least I'd say like 2 to like 8,000, even like probably more closer to 8,000 or 6,000 I want to say on the weekends, but even 2,000 on the weekdays. So every game's pretty intense and then just kind of when I got up there, they had already created that winning environment. So mm-hmm. since they were in first place, it was just kind of like, it was just very competitive. And it's just like, especially when the fans are there every night and it's pretty crowded. It's just a really fun place to play. But yeah, I'd definitely say I definitely felt like I was contributing. And I had, like you said, some good starts. I know there's so many good pitchers up there. It kind of got crowded towards like the middle yeah. of the end when like guys would come back from injuries or go down again. So I've always been a starter but I mean last year I was do I would start then sometimes I would piggyback where I know what day I was throwing but it would be second coming in maybe after Erla or Carey or something like that so that was definitely new for me but I feel like it's kind of like if I ever make the big leagues like it's I'll do whatever I need to help the team win whether that's in the bullpen starting so I mean I think it was good but I'm also like a huge routine guy. So, I mean, sometimes it, it was definitely new for me had to kind of make some adjustments and that, but super fun place to play.
2: Yeah. Piggyback off that real quick for, uh, before I, um, I know I switch off with Fernando, but, uh, real quick, I want to follow up on that. I know, like you said, you're a big guy in routine. Um, I, do you think they were kind of testing you a little bit? Cause I noticed they started you a bit, then they brought you out of the bullpen You know, like, do you feel like that was a a test or try to see if you can, you know, just get go with the flow? Because being a team guy, you know, you have to pitch when they tell you to pitch or how often or however long. So, I mean, were you you able to get your your mindset right for those situations or was it a struggle at times?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, their plan is always for me to be a starter, just kind of like, they wanted me in double a and I had pitched really well in high. So I kind of deserved to be there. But like I said, I, we had like, at some points we had six, seven starters. So even at some points it was even, I wasn't even the only piggyback. So I'd say it just got kind of crowded up there, but um, they, I think they kind of made it clear that going forward, they want me to be a starter. But like you said, I mean, if i'm up there if it's like starting in high a or relieving in double a like i think i'll be a reliever in double a you know so it's kind of like in that moment in that situation for the team they just kind of needed me to piggyback some of those games and i'm always capable of that
0: okay i have never been to uh to washington there uh for the dust devils how's their ballpark and their facilities i mean. I've been, we've been inside the 66ers uh, clubhouse and, you know, for what it is, that's fine. But uh, mm-hmm. is Tri-City any better?
1: Uh, I'd say it's pretty similar to the 66ers. Uh, it's in a pretty small town place in Washington, but I mean, the fans are still very loyal there, which is nice. It makes it fun to play. And like, we even have one guy's name's Randy who he brings like a full bag of candy and like all this stuff to the bullpen every single game. Like, <laughs> I swear he dropped probably like 50 bucks on us every game. So, I mean, it's nice to have that. But Tri-Cities is definitely a pitcher's park. So, I mean, it is nice. It's that stadium uh, itself. is kind of like a graveyard. So, I mean, I feel like that's why sometimes when you see like a lot of like the hitting prospects go there, like their stats are never as good until until they go up to either double A or like when they're in low A just because it's such a tough place to hit with that being said I mean as a pitcher it's definitely nice to pitch there but I mean it's just kind of like in a in a small town in Washington but I mean I feel like that's kind of how minor league baseball is so you just gotta yeah, yeah, of course, make of it course. work as best you can
0: well don't worry because you know when the time comes for you to go to Salt Lake I'm sure you know you know how how it is in the PCL you know you get lit up because of you know the oh, yeah. high altitude ballparks
2: so mm-hmm. you know you get a lot
0: of I, there's a lot of times where the top pitching prospects don't even go to AAA. I mean, I think Reed Detmer is, mm-hmm. they didn't he didn't spend much time at AAA. You know he was he was in Rocket City and then he went up to the majors. You know they try to avoid that because I know a lot of pitchers get their confidence you know mm-hmm. essentially beat out of them because you know maybe you start to think to yourself you know you get in your head right when in reality it's the altitude.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. They've I they've definitely talked about how triple a there's so many tough parks to hit. And one thing that is really cool about the angels is they're not afraid to pull guys up from double a. So whether it's getting into double a AA or triple a, it's just kind of like, just do as best you can, I guess, kind of where you're at. And they, they're not afraid to move a guy, whether it's from double a AA or triple a. So, I mean, it is nice to have an organization that's aggressive like that.
0: So you're going, you're getting ready uh, right here for your, for your second uh, spring training. Is there yes. anything the first spring training that you wish you could have changed or, like, is there anything, like, if you can go back in time now a year ago, you could have told yourself back then to either make, you know, going through the minor league facilities there any better or, you know, pitching in minor league games or any, anything like that? Um, I mean, I feel
1: like last spring training was kind of just getting used to everything, getting used to the flow. Um, we do throw, like, a lot of bullpens, and it's kind of like you're kind of in that weird phase of, you're fresh but it's also like you're ramping up for the first time like where you're facing live hitters for the first time or just kind of throwing a couple innings so I just think it's like pretty important and like I knew this last year but I know it even more now I guess to kind of take care of your body like spend that extra time in the in the weight room or training room or we have so much downtime kind of after the day I feel like our schedule is mostly like 8 to 1 8 to 2 p.m So even when I get back to the hotel, whether it's just like going in the jacuzzi, doing some Mark Pro, going in the little weight room here to get some extra stretching done, I just feel like it's pretty important to kind of take care of your body and just make sure you keep it fresh from kind of that off season when you're ramping up into full game mode and throwing multiple innings.
2: Have you had much? Oh, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead, bro. You go for it, man. I was going to take
0: it another, another way. Go ahead. Uh, I was too. I was gonna say, uh, have you had much experience working with some th- some of the big league guys? Have you like gotten to talk much with the, with a guy like Shohei?
1: No, so I mean, I've seen Shohei in passing, but right now I'm at minor league camp, and big Me, league camp know. is kind of yeah a whole separate thing. I know um, some of the minor leaguers will throw in like big league games, so they'll go over there. But I feel like I'm not in that group right now. And then also, a lot of the times, the ones who do go are relievers because. For the relievers, I know what they'll do sometimes. It's like, so they'll say, like, it, they'll go and they'll maybe throw in that game. Where if they don't, then they'll throw the next day in the minor league game. Where kind of for me, it's more like they want to make sure I get my exact amount of innings, my exact amount of pitch count. So they'll have me starting in the minor league games right now. But I actually, it's funny, I've seen, haven't really seen Shohei much, but I've seen Trout like four times in the past week. Just, um, just kind of in passing but so the big leaguers are on the minor leagues um side of the complex because i think like they like it better and it's kind of nicer over there and right now we're on the big league side of the complex so when there's games going on for spring training we'll be like all the minor leaguers are in there kind of wrapping stuff up and then like trout and like all the big league guys will come in because it gets close to the game time to kind of get their stretching or whatever done. So it has been cool to kind of see a lot of those guys and passing and just, you know, stuff like that.
2: Okay. Do you do you uh see some of the guys like Kai Bush and Sil Seth, do you guys like pick each other's brains kind of like, you know, do what Syndergaard was up here last year doing with the big leaguers kind of pointing out little things to help the pitcher for that day or in the bullpen I mean is there outside of a pitching coach uh, a player like with Rocket City or someone here in spring that's been kind of being the big dog of campus and kind of like you know trying to help out other players a
1: hundred percent I mean last year in Rocket City uh we had a guy on our team named Sean McLaughlin and he Mm -hmm. was like a pitching genius and I know he helped a lot of guys out in double-a along with like the pitching coaches but I mean I feel like that's like a big thing it's like Of course, the pitching coaches are going to help, but there's hundreds of guys, and I feel like the best thing you can do sometimes is just pick your catch partner's brain or just kind of talk to that. So, I mean, I'd say, like, sometimes you just kind of get into that conversation with someone, and they say something one way, and it can just click. So, I mean, I I definitely see all those guys still. I mean, it's good to pick each other's brains. We all kind of pitch in our own ways and can have different ways to help each other. So, I mean... And I know our draft class is definitely like the all 20 pitchers of us. We're all pretty close and get along really well. So.
2: That's good.
0: So I, I, what I wanted to ask is um, going through the second spring training. So what's going to be different for you, for you this time? And what did you work on this off season to make this second go around, um, you know, I, I don't know, easier, better for you? Uh, what was the biggest thing you worked on this offseason?
1: Yeah, I'd say uh, the main, one of the main things I worked on is I kind of worked on trying to get into my legs and just kind of keeping my front side closed. Uh, I've always thrown pretty weird as a pitcher, like mechanically, like if anyone sees me, like it's almost like the you would teach like the opposite in a way <laughs> of using your legs and your lower, your lower bo- uh, body and stuff like that. But it's also kind of like what makes me unique and funky and that's what um could be some of the biggest factors sometimes but just to kind of take some of the stress off my arm I kind of said how I kind of got worn down at the year last year so I think like I tried to kind of just work into my legs more one to get some velo which I'm trying to work on and two just to stay fresh and healthier so that and then I mean just kind of trying to move quicker in the weight room um I've always kind of been like, I feel like a little bit slow twitch. So just trying to be more explosive in my workouts and stuff like that. But at this point, I mean, I've just been throwing bullpens, you know, off season. So I really want to, I'm excited. I'm going to face live batters for the first time this Friday. So it'll be good to kind of showcase my stuff, what I was working on this off season and get after it.
2: Are you feeling the pitch timer? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of more
1: funny in uh in the big leagues and my brother uh he actually tweeted something that i kind of agreed with like i actually i like the pitch clock um we had it last year in the minor leagues i i kind of like speeding up the games but i feel like the pitch clock in the in the major leagues like so i don't know what it needs to be but it just seems really quick we saw some games yeah. uh spring training games this year literally end on a called strike three or a walk or something like that and like that isn't gonna attract more viewers for baseball like determining games on something like that where like people want to see the game-winning strikeout or the game-winning hit right there and that's what's gonna get the fans and the people going so I don't really know exactly what change needs to be made but I definitely say that the pitch clock um I I just think they I think Sometimes they're just trying to do too much in uh, baseball, you know, like coming up with all these new rules. And sometimes they just need to kind of leave the game the
2: way it is. I agree.
0: Yeah, they try too much to appeal to the casual fans. And you, like, start to isolate your players, your actual fans, the people who are loyalists, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think I'd mind a pitch clock. if It was a little more practical. Like you said, it it seems way too quickly. Could you guys imagine, like, Nomar Garcia-Para? Like nowadays you know, with the pitch I, cl- the batter's clock, he's all trying to do his little I routine.
1: <laughs> I think it's definitely a disadvantage more for the hitters. I think yeah. a lot of pitchers kind of like to work the tempo anyway. I mean, there's obviously some that don't, but I'd say it's more common. Like you always hear, like when a pitcher kind of gets in their rhythm, like a batter might kind of try to take longer to kind of break that up, but you can't even do that anymore. It's just – And I've seen some players saying like they're just gonna take strike one sometimes, like they don't even want to like get stressed out just trying to like run up to the box. I mean, I think it's just a little bit unnecessary, or maybe it could be something where it's like, what, like what is it right now exactly? Is it thirteen or fifteen
0: seconds? Okay, fifteen seconds with nobody on and twenty. Yeah, maybe
1: it could be like twenty-five and like thirty-five, where it's like. It's still a little quicker, but it's like it shouldn't be like I don't know what they need to do, but it's it's I think it's too quick and I don't really know how all the rules work. But hopefully it's like not too late to kind of go back on their word almost and just make that adjustment because I don't I don't know about everyone else, but I'm kind of that's kind of the vibe I'm getting.
2: No, I see because I right now in Major League Baseball, you can look back uh, just a couple years ago and every time they show on ESPN Boston, New York, it's like a four hour game. And I get it mm-hmm. there because a lot of those guys they take pitches, they they call timeouts, you know, two three times in a bat, that slows the game down big time. So obviously, by getting rid of that, getting rid of the uh, you know the, the pitchers in between, you know, not able to uh, you know uh, face just the one batter, uh, you mm-hmm. know, the limiting the throws over to first base, things of that nature. Yeah, it also
1: that also changes the game so much. The pickoffs, it's yep. like yep you almost – you don't want to pick over there once because then you know you only have one left. And then if you do pick over twice, it's like – it's just such an advantage. I mean, maybe they want people stealing more. I guess that is kind of exciting. But, I mean, just sometimes it's like something like that can determine a game way too much where it's like that's not baseball. That's forcing rules to maybe – it's just forcing rules to speed up the game, just all these little different things.
2: Well, let's just say you're in a, in that situation. You've thrown over twice. The runner now knows I'm gonna run on Braden. He can't throw mm-hmm. over here. I could I could get a huge ass lead. Do you call or do you do you do kind of like signal to your catcher like, hey, uh, throw over to first, or or uh, you know? Pitch- yeah, I mean, te-
1: technically, um, after two, I can still pick over one more time. Okay. But if I do that and he's safe, he gets second automatically. So oh. it's yeah. like – I guess it's like the runner's probably going to try to be aggressive there. So I could maybe do a long hold and tr- maybe risk it if I'm like he's going to take it anyway. Or I could – yeah, I could try to pitch and have a pitch out. I mean, there's a couple different ways of going about it, I guess.
2: Yeah, a back pick from the catcher. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Who, who does, does, the anyway does, does the catcher do that or do you – Kind of make that decision,
1: the catcher will pretty much I mean, I always have free range to pick off the first if I want, but I mean catchers will put on set picks, and if they want a back pick, then they'll usually do that on their own and see it
2: okay,
0: yeah, it'll be weird now because now you won't really even have the time to communicate, you know what I mean it'll mm-hmm. just be like, all right well, we're going for it you know <laughs> you, you, you get you have to really have a good relationship with your battery mate at that point because Literally. you know you don't have the time you used to back then you mm-hmm. know you guys don't no, have yeah, pitch calm in yeah. the minors,
1: like, do you? Shake, I think we did We did have it towards the end of the year. We had pitch calm, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that makes it a little easier and a little faster, but it's like – it's also – it's like if there's runner on second and you're doing multiple signs and you shake off with, like, the pitch clock, it's just going to speed up too quick on you and you won't really have time.
2: I got you. Okay. Yeah,
0: it's a it's a disaster, really. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah,
2: I was I was going to ask you a question. I read I read an article in I'm a um, minor league. I don't want to give the guy's name because I thought he was full of crap a little bit. But like, if you're gonna, you know, scout somebody or say you scout somebody, mm-hmm. and you're gonna, you know, yeah, you want to you want to point out his flaws, what he could work on, and then what he can, what what he is right now, whatever prospect he is in the organization. He mm-hmm. kind of just went all over the place and he was like kind of like saying you needed to work on this pitch or this pitch, velo needs to go up but then he's like you're always top 30 prospect for the Angels. You know, he's right there, you know, uh he I could easily see him in the the majors and then all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, he could be a 4A guy." It's like, "What?" You know, like so I mean, Yeah. Do you use that kind of like if if first off do you do you uh watch what people or hear what people tell uh talk about you as far as your career has gone so far and do you use that for motivation or you just ignore it
1: um i mean i'd say i have a twitter i mean i'm active i'm active on social media on things to a degree so i mean i'd say it depends like i'm not i'm never really going digging to kind of find articles about me um Mm -hmm. but obviously some things i see i mean i understand like everyone has their opinion and there's critics i'd say I'm always motivated myself. I mean, it really, it really doesn't bother me too much. Like, it's funny. Like I feel like my parents will send me something like that and they'd be like, how could they say this? Or like something like that. And like, I could care less. I'm like, anything he says, it, it doesn't really matter, you know? So stuff like that doesn't really bother me too much. And like I said, I'm always motivated to do it for myself. I mean, some of the things I'd say, like, they could be true and they're, they do have points, but like you said, like there's always outliers. There's always, there's so many different cases of people that have made it to the MLB and like one off season, one pitching coach, one talk with Chase Silseth, one talk with Kai Bush, whoever, you know, can go a long way. And like, so I think just, you just keep working. You kind of learn from your experiences and just kind of just keep improving every day.
2: That's a good mindset to have.
0: So I know the stuff you want to work on. So getting ready here for your third pro season, your second full pro season now, what is your biggest strength? Do you think now that, you know, you're about to start round three here?
1: Mm -hmm. I'd say my biggest strength is kind of like, I'm a control and command guy. Uh, I'm not going to walk a lot of batters. Like there's, there's plenty. I mean, there's a lot of people obviously that don't walk batters, but, there's plenty of people who have amazing elite stuff and they, they're they never going to pitch in the MLB because they don't know where it's going or they don't have control. I mean, our coaches make it pretty adamant that it's like, if you don't throw strikes, like, it's just not going to work out, you know? So I think that part of my game. Um, then also, I just feel like I've had a lot of experiences now and a lot of, whether it's in college, junior college, high school, now a couple of pro seasons where, I feel like I kind of really know like my game and my identity. Like there'll be certain games where my stuff is moving crazy and I can get a decent amount of strikeouts. But then there's also games where like, I'm figuring out now, like I have a lot of movement and stuff, so I can let my defense work. You know, I could be like, I'm more, I feel like if I do make it, I'm more like that four or five starter, you know, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to give you six innings, maybe a couple runs, but I'm going to make sure I get deep into the ball game Um And I save the bullpen, stuff like that. So I kind of know kind of my style of pitching. And once you kind of realize that, you can really just focus on your strengths and be uh, the pitcher you are, not always the guy who's throwing 100 or something like that.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, that's the type of pitcher that's – you're going to make the majors with that kind of mindset. You're not looking to be the ace of the staff right away. Mm -hmm. You're taking in all the knowledge as you go along. And just taking one game at a time—it's cliched as hell, but it literally is like that. I mean, every workout, every uh, every every training moment with your uh, pitching coach, and now in game watching video on the opponent—you um, know—you'll get there, man. And, and you ha- you mm-hmm. have the right mindset, you know. And uh, that's why that's why we feel like uh, we're going to hear some good things from you because I mean, you balled out last year, uh, and you had some really really good starts, man. And. uh mm-hmm. I see more Appreciate of that coming. That.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. You know, um, it was I spent basically half the year in high, half the year in double um, I mean, when you get to double A, it's like a lot of the hitters you face make their debuts, or mm-hmm. they're going to be their top prospects. And double A, the talent is legit. Like a lot of people say, the double A talent is better than triple A. You know, so. I definitely it's I love competing against the best players and you know it just it always makes you better and you can learn and just kind of build from there so I'm excited for this year.
0: What was it like to uh, go up to Rocket City and uh, you know A be a Trash Panda and, and B be a Trash Panda at a time where they were competing uh, to make their first you know playoff as an organization?
1: Yeah, no, that was amazing. Uh it was my first first time in pro ball uh competing you know and for like playoff spots playoff atmosphere so that was definitely really fun and i mean playing playing in front of a bigger crowd you know whether it's on the road or at home it always makes it more fun for the players more fun for the fans everything like that so i mean the environment up there in double a is amazing and i very complimentary of everything in rocket city and it's a super fun place to play
0: do they have the best facility in double a from what you've experienced so far
1: yeah, def- anywhere that I've played, definitely the best facility. And I think it's one of the newest. So, And I'm pretty sure They, it seems like they keep adding on. So I'd definitely say, I mean, I can only speak. I've been to probably like eight or eight to eight, whatever's in our uh, little Southern League. So haven't seen a lot of them. But from what I can tell, it's definitely got to be up there.
2: Okay. Yeah, well, Dude, I'm telling you, unless you got uh, my last thing is going to be is keep up the good work, man. Keep focused like you are. And, uh, you know, hopefully, we'll, you know, when you come over here, to, we, can, we can all hang out with you at Angel Stadium. The next time you come, Yeah. either you'll be up here starting or coming out of the bullpen or, uh, you know, because I'm telling you, you're going to fit in great at Angel Stadium. You already got that SoCal vibe. People, you know, <laughs> you're digging the long blonde hair when you come out of the pen. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, appreciate I, it guys. Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, you know, let us know how things are going. Um, you know, if when, when, and if, uh, this year you can, you make it up to triple a too, cause I see that happening, man. I, I got a good vibe about you this year, bro. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Have you uh, had
0: much opportunity to uh, chat with either Perry or Phil Nevin at all
1: lately? Uh, not too much. I mean, Perry, I I met him when I, I got to go to Angels Stadium when I got drafted, and I met him there, which was nice. And then he also came to AA towards the end of the year and gave us a good speech to the players, just kind of telling how like how important everyone is in that room and just that we're the future and stuff like that. So, I mean, that was pretty cool and impressive when the big league GM is coming down to a AA game and, you know, talking to us. So, I, I, don't, I haven't met Phil Nevin yet, but I'm sure yeah. – our paths will cross eventually
0: yeah i didn't know i i figured maybe he would go down you know occasionally and you know Mm -hmm. when maybe the big club is not doing something else or maybe like a split squad situation that's why i figured i'd ask about phil nevin you know just ask if he's introduced himself you know i obviously i know that he's the big league manager you're on the minor league side and you know i know those are pretty separated in tempe um Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i I figured phil nevin might have Maybe came out, introduced himself to, and give him the same kind of speech. Hey, you know, I yeah, know I he mean, up here, blah, they have,
1: blah, blah. Yeah, they have big league camp over there, and then there is a lot of minor leaguers who go over there. So I'm sure, just he okay. could have been around too. It's just there's just minor league camp's pretty crazy. There's a, there's <laughs> a lot going on, a lot of a lot of moving parts, so many players, and yeah. So I mean, there, there's just a lot of people you kind of run into, and everyone's busy and just kind of keeping up with the schedule. So I get it.
0: Have uh, your mom and pops gone out there to Tempe yet to, to see you?
1: Uh they're coming out this weekend, actually. So that'll be good. I'm
2: excited for that. No pressure. <laughs> yeah, I know, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, man, those um, uh, those minor league games are uh, are super interesting. Come spring training, get a. Cause no, for yeah, they'll who's... have
1: three going on on the backfield all at once. So
0: yeah, and for anybody all who's never seen and... one, they're weird because, like, let's just say, all right, we're gonna put Braden out there, and he's gonna throw. Forty-five pitches, and like at the end of those forty-five pitches, like they could just end the inning if they want, right? Yeah, like there's mm-hmm. no rhyme or reason. Like, all right, one out, it's cool.
1: Exactly, yeah. Like they, they, I'm pretty sure they can like roll an inning or something like that. Like yeah. it's more just everyone's trying to get their work in, be ready for April sixth, the uh, opening day for Double A and High A and Low A and stuff like that. So it's more just kind of about getting your work in where. Even the big league games are like that. To agree, like they don't play extra innings stuff like that. So that's pretty much what spring training is about. But definitely, the minor league games will just kind of have some funky things because there's not very, <laughs> ma- very many fans there in the first place.
0: Yeah, they had that one weird minor league game uh, where uh, they didn't have any umpires for the bottom of the ninth. I'm sure you. you I heard saw about that. that. <laughs> yeah, that was all <laughs> over the internet.
2: Yeah, I think the I the pitch, are pitch clock. Or- I wonder if the
1: pitch clock was still going <laughs> it's still on. Going. He? Yeah. still That's going. He's pretty he just funny. had to <laughs> take his time.
0: It's a good question. <laughs> there sure is. I mean, I'm sure the people were still in the booth, you know, operating balls and strikes. I mean, well, yeah, but the catchers were calling the balls and strikes. So who knows? And how would they know? Yeah. Like, could they hear it?
1: <laughs> At that point, it was just, you know, a gentleman's game, just calling it. The catcher's probably gone. And, Hopefully the hitter agrees.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, Brayden, right, well, uh, we don't want to keep you too much longer, so uh, we appreciate your time. And uh, if, if you want to let the fans know where they can get a hold of you online.
1: Uh, at Brayden Oltoff on uh, Instagram, and then leave the same thing on Twitter. So go ahead and give me a follow. That would be great.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And if you're in the Arizona uh, area, check them out. We'll see you some good well, stuff. Yeah. Tempe. There you
0: go. Have you gotten a four peaks yet out in Tempe? I have not. Okay. I've heard good things. It's right on a, a lot on to mill, go though, so. Yeah.
1: There's, there's Tempe's awesome though. I mean, Tempe, Scottsdale, Phoenix. Uh, I know me and a few of the guys are going to the sun's game on Wednesday. So oh, nice, lot to do. Yeah. So that'll definitely be fun.
0: My favorite bar ever is out there. Low key on mill Avenue. I don't know if you've gotten there yet. I haven't
1: been there yet, but I'll have to check that one out. I got got the month.
0: (laughs) There you go. All right, right, man. Well, stay safe out there. Uh, Get some work in, and I hope to see you out here in Anaheim.
1: Thank you, guys. Have a good one. You too.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Halos in the Infield. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms, and make sure to leave that five-star review, like, and subscribe. Have a great day, and Viva Los Angelitos.